Hello, and welcome to Bereaved Motherhood and All Entails. I'm your host, Mackenzie Connis, and on our first ever episode, I'm going to be sharing the story of my son. I think it's really important that you guys understand my story, my history, and where I'm coming from. As I said in the intro, we will be having other people on here to share their stories as well. We hope to have a variety of different types of stories and a variety of different types of people so you can have some different perspectives, and hopefully you can find a story that that really resonates with you and that you can relate to. But today I'll be sharing the story of Maverick. So my first son, Maverick John Connors, was stillborn October 5th, 2019. And go back nine months, um, or actually a little bit longer, my husband and I were married July of 2018. And the original plan was to wait till we'd been married for a year and then try for a baby. Well, come New Year my husband's like, what are we waiting for? Let's just go ahead and try to have a baby now. And I'm a teacher. So in my teacher brain, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, then when would a baby be born? Does it work in the school year? And I'm like, oh, okay. Baby's conceived in January. They're born in October. That actually will work out. I can set up my classroom, get all the routines in place, go on maternity leave, come back after Christmas. Perfect. So we try for a baby and are very fortunate to be able to conceive on our first month. And we were ecstatic. I mean, we were so, so excited to become parents. This little boy was so wanted, so desired. We had been praying about future children um, even before we were married. So this was just really, really close to our heart. All I truly ever wanted to be since I was a little girl was a mom and a wife. So I really felt like all my dreams were coming true and just beyond, beyond excited. From pretty early on, I was convinced we were having a boy. I just had this gut feeling it was a boy. And so at our 20-week anatomy scan, we um, found out the gender. They put it in an envelope and gave it to a friend of ours. And the following day, we did a gender reveal. And lo and behold, we're having a baby boy. So I knew it. I was just so confident. And it was just so much joy and excitement. From the time we were five weeks pregnant, we had actually picked out the name Maverick. So we knew that that was our boy name for our first son, regardless if this pregnancy would give us a boy or not. We had our boy name. And after we find found out he was a boy, we very quickly decided on the middle name John. John is a generational name on my side of the family. My grandfather's middle name's John, my dad's middle name's John, and then my brother's first name is actually hyphenated John Mark. So Maverick was the fourth generation to have John as a part of his name and just felt right. We loved what it means. Um, gift of God. God is gracious. And we just really felt that Maverick was, you know, a beautiful gift to our family and that the Lord had been very gracious in giving him to us. And we were just overwhelmed with Thanksgiving. And then my husband really liked that it was a name from my side of the family so that that heritage and story was being passed on to him as well. So I had a very normal, perfect, smooth pregnancy. Everything was going awesome and great. My son was a little acrobat. He would twist and turn and just constantly great big movements, very wild movements. His movements never even got like less extreme as he got bigger. It was like, regardless of the fact he was being crowded out of room, he could move as dramatically as he could when I was, you know, 20 weeks along or 25 weeks along. So it was just a lot, a lot of fun. And, you know, by the time 39 weeks came around, we were, you know, on baby watch. We were ready for this little man to make his entrance into the world. So when I went to bed October 3rd, 2019, 
Um, I fully expected to wake up the next morning and still be pregnant, but I did think labor was, was approaching, like just some things going on. I could tell it was intimate, you know, like it, it was, it was coming up. So I woke up that technically early morning of October 4th. It would have been 3 a.m. I always woke up then to go to the bathroom and Maverick would always like swoosh his hand and I just loved it. It was just a little like, hi mom, I'm readjusting or something in my sleep. And I noticed he didn't do it that night, which I thought was odd, but myself being half asleep too, I didn't really give much thought to it. Went back to bed and I wake up. As I'm getting ready for the day, I'm noticing, man, I, I haven't felt him move. And I even mentioned it to my husband and he, we're just like, okay, well, we'll just keep an eye on it. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. It's only been like 30 minutes. So I go ahead and I go grocery shopping, kind of getting everything I need for before he makes his arrival and still no movement, no movement. And I'm starting to get quite worried. So I text my midwife and she's like, Hey, why don't you find something sweet? Um, recline your car your car seat and just lay back and, you know, try to see if you can feel anything. So I was in Costco at the time, stopped by the food court, grabbed a smoothie and did exactly what she said and nothing, just no movement, none whatsoever. So we went home, grabbed my husband, went to her office. She places the Doppler on my belly and silence, absolutely nothing. The tears began to roll down my eyes. I know something is really, really wrong. And it's just like my worst fears are being confirmed. I'm not in panic mode, but I'm, I'm pretty upset. And then finally there is a faint pulse. She grabs my wrist to take my pulse. doesn't really say anything. And then it's just like, I think we need to go to labor and deliver to see what's going on, um, to have a better look, um, and to just have another set of eyes on this whole situation. So of course we rushed to labor and delivery, desperately wanting to speed, but every cop in the world was out that afternoon. So we were, weren't really able to. Um, the labor and delivery was expecting us, so we got right in. The nurse, who is a beautiful, kind, wonderful woman, uh, hooks me up to the monitors, and there's nothing. You know, she cannot get a pulse. The OB that's on call comes in with a portable ultrasound machine and places it on my belly. And all I remember is her saying, I'm sorry, or I'm so sorry. And then I go blank, but I know what that I'm sorry is. It means my son is not here. There's no heartbeat. He's gone. And the first thing that floods into my mind is like, A, how is this real? Is this just the worst dream ever? The most vivid real dream ever? And then B, how could this happen? How could everything go from so perfect to so wrong without any warnings? And then C was, do I believe what I claim to believe? You know, I was born and raised in the church. I am a pretty faithful, committed Christian woman. And I would have always been really strong in my faith, really. And this is where I thought, you know, I don't know what I believe. I don't know if I really, truly believe what I've professed to believe. Like, I guess we'll see. This is where the rubber hits the road. Um, the sweet, kind, amazing nurse was hugging me, crying, quoting scripture, praying with me. The OB was telling me like it was okay. I needed to cry. I needed to let out my emotions. Uh, my midwife was being very reassuring and sweet and asking if we, you know, wanted to call our parents. And I was just in shock. I couldn't take it in. I couldn't have an emotional reaction. I was just utterly and totally in shock. No response. I couldn't even process like family. What family? I have family. Oh yeah. I guess my family does live here. 
oh, you, I should call them? Like, oh, okay, how does that happen? I mean, I was just so confused and there was no way I could cry. I was just in deep, deep shock. My husband called my family because I couldn't do it. And all I remember from the conversation is my mom saying, I'll be right there. Then he called his mom and I remember him saying Maverick didn't make it. And that's the only thing I remember from that conversation. My next memory is my parents arriving at the hospital. Um, They have tear stained faces, you know, they're telling us how sorry they are, um, hugging us and and it's, it's kind of patchy memory, but that's what I remember from that. And then they go ahead and they lead us off to the labor and delivery to be checked in, to be induced, to have my baby boy. They put us in the furthest back room, a very private room, and kind of explain to us what's going to happen. I had great nurses. They were very understanding and sympathetic and kind. Um, I remember making phone calls to my boss to let them know, hey, I'm not going to be in, um, texting some of my best friends to let them know what had happened. And then it kind of goes blank until my best friend got to the hospital. Um, her parents actually, who are good friends of my parents, brought us dinner that night and hung out with us. Um, and then they go home and my, my parents end up spending the night with us. We didn't want to be alone. We were really scared to be alone. So they spent the night with us and kind of helped be our advocates since both my husband and I were just in such shock we were really incapable of advocating for ourselves for even struggling, you know, processing information. We were just in such shock. So the next day comes along and the real induction really um, amps up at that point. They give me Pitocin and um, really get things kicked off underway. My water breaks on its own um, without even asking. They go ahead and they give me an epidural, which was fine considering the circumstances. Um, my husband's parents came in, I believe that afternoon and then, um, we just basically wait, you know, wait while the body does what the body is supposed to be doing in this case. And then, um, at around dinner time, it is time to push. So at this point we, uh, have to deliver my son. And I remember being very overwhelmed by that. I didn't want him to be born. I wanted to keep him inside me for forever. I wanted to be close to him and near to him. Part of me couldn't believe that this was actually happening. It was like the beginning of the end. Once he was born, I knew that the clock was ticking and time would be limited. Um, But after 45 minutes of pushing, he came into this world. Perfect, beautiful, but it was silent. There were no screams. There were no there were no cries. And you know, we are so conditioned to hear those when a baby's born. So when you don't, it is those deafening sound. And at that moment is when the realization that our son was no longer here hit my husband. And in that moment, he broke in a way I have never, ever seen before or since. And, um, we had the privilege of having a photographer take pictures. So his birth is captured, um, as well as our time with him, but she did capture the instant of when that reality hit my husband and it is the most heartbreaking emotional picture I have ever seen so in this moment they lay him on my chest I get to hold him and snuggle him he's warm he's perfect he's beautiful and then we have some time with him as just a family of three you know mom dad and and our baby 
And of course, in an instance like this, no amount of time is ever going to be enough, but our hospital didn't have a cuddle cot or anything like that. So our time was very, very limited. So after, I'm not sure if it was, you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour, it definitely wasn't more than an hour. We welcomed our family into the hospital room to meet their grandson and nephew. Um, the people that showed up to the hospital was my parents who were there from basically the beginning and never left my brother, my sister, my brother was actually in college at the time and had flown in and arrived, um, while I was pushing, um, in labor in the pushing stage with Maverick. And then my husband's family or his mom and dad, the rest of his family didn't show up, but his parents were there. So they all got to, you know, meet their grandson, meet their nephew, make memories with him. We took tons and tons of pictures. We had a photographer there taking professional photos as well, took lots of videos and just really soaked in every minute we had with him. Um, It flew. The time went so fast and it is literally probably the most precious time of my life because it's the only time I ever had with him in the flesh. But even in that short amount of time, you know, deterioration started to take its toll and around midnight, I just knew it was it was time to say goodbye. You know, one of the most traumatizing, horrible things in this whole experience and that I've ever witnessed in my whole life is just watching your child slowly deteriorate in front of you. That was extraordinarily emotional and hard. But at the same time, it just feels like such an honor and privilege to have walked that path with him, to have been there with him for that, um, and to just mother him in that way to the best of my ability. But around midnight, I went ahead and said my final goodbyes, let him know how loved he was. I'll never forget handing him off to the nurse as she put him in the bassinet and wheeled him out of our room. And I will never forget the sound of that door clicking behind her. Um, Later, I would know that that would be the last time I ever laid eyes on my son's body. At the time of, I fully expected to see him at the funeral home. And we'll do another episode about your rights and privileges that you have at a funeral home. But I was completely uninformed. I didn't know. And anyways, lots of regrets with how that all worked out. But at that moment, I really thought I would see him again. Even though um, now I can tell you that that did not unfortunately happen. And then I basically just was purely exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally. I've probably never been more exhausted than that moment. The funeral director went ahead and came in to talk to us. Um, and then he left and I drifted off into sleep the next day, about 24 hours later or 24 hours after he was born, we were discharged from the hospital and headed home. Coming home was one of the most horrible things ever. I walked into our house. His nursery door was open. The toys, the crib, everything was right where it was supposed to be. It was perfect, just awaiting his arrival. His arrival, that would never be happening. There would never be a homecoming. He would never sleep in his crib. He would never play with these toys. And I just completely lost it. I um, fell apart on the bedroom floor. I just weeped and weeped. I threw toys across the wall. I had, you know, geeked out on using all of my education knowledge to buy these toys, to look after, you know, him and to use these things to teach him and train him. And I was never going to get that chance. And there was just so much deep, deep emotion. I basically spent the night in tears, just pure, pure distress, unconsolable. And then the following week, you know, we had to make plans for a funeral. So 
I will do a, another episode on what all that looked like and on what that entailed and that whole journey and story. But that is the story of my son's birth, um, of finding out the worst news of our life and of meeting him and also of saying goodbye within the flesh. Um, later we would find out that there was not a cause for his stillbirth. Every test came back 100% normal, perfect. Um, they basically just said, you know, you just played the chances and basically rolled an unlucky roll. So he was perfect. There was nothing wrong with him. There was nothing wrong with me. There was no condition, um, genetic or anything else for that matter. So we never really got an answer, you know, as to what happened. We were just basically told it is what it is and there was nothing that could be done to stop it or prevent it. And it was something that couldn't be caught. Like there was no way to know that anything bad was about to happen. There was no warning signs. There was absolutely nothing. So it was, yeah, I mean, it was life altering. It was devastating. My life is clearly divided by pre-Maverick's death and post-Maverick's death. And I can say I'm a very different person. I'm a very changed person. Um, and we'll get into that and how this kind of loss changes you for better or worse. And, um, yeah, but that is the beginning of the story of the rest of my life and where I come from and why I have the passion for you moms and these types of losses in this community that I have. And I just really look forward to us being a support to one another and to uplifting each other up and to sharing our stories and just raising awareness to a topic that is so taboo, but yet so important. And it's the topic of our children and our babies that are loved dearly and they deserve to be remembered and celebrated and forever and eternally loved. So I hope you enjoyed my story In our next episode, I will kind of go through the rest of it. Um, but for for our first episode, that is all I'll be talking about. Um, in the future, our episodes will probably be closer to like the 30 to 45 minute length. But just to start it off, I'm uh, breaking it up into two parts. So we will be uploading every Friday. The This episode and the follow episode will be released at the same time so that if you want, you can listen to them both back to back. But otherwise, it'll just be one upload per week. So I am praying for all you mamas. I am here for you and I love you deeply. And I really wish you the a peace that surpasses all understanding and a grace that can only come from the one above as he sustains you in this really, really difficult season, journey, and road. So all of my love to you, wonderful women. Bye.